Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. You guys ever been caught being prideful? Uh, sure. You know, by someone else? You just caught in the sense that it's like, oh man, yes. my pride got in the way on that one. Yes. Yeah, about every day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've had so many of those. I mean, I have it umpteen. I mean, just, sure, yeah. I think one of the funniest ones that I ever got pinned with is I was in a hurry somewhere, and I was frustrated with the traffic that I was in. This was in uh, California, and I thought that I would just kind of zip around to the right, not on the shoulder. There was a lane there, but I didn't know that the lane terminated. Mm-hmm. And so I just whip it out to the right, punch it, and I'm going down a little ways, and it's like, oh, I'm pinned. Well, rightly so, the drivers, they did me a real solid. Yeah. They gave me a gift. <laughs> they went bumper to bumper, and they let me hang in that lane. For a little while. And hang in that lane, yeah. and hang in that lane. Wow. And the guy that I'd first zipped around... He's the last one to kind of come by me for me to get back in line. And he looked over at me and he just smiled and he waved. Oh, man. Oh, no. It wasn't a bad wave. It was a good wave. Yeah. But I was so humbled in that moment. Understandably so. <laughs> I think I got a little grin on my face. I wasn't mad. It was just a, all right, you got me. See, I wanted to be the man. I wanted to get out in front of these guys. Sure. I thought, oh, I'll zip around this lane only to find out that thing terminated. It didn't, didn't quite work out how you No, how you it didn't it work. But it's really healthy when you get busted in your pride, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes it comes from somebody else, and sometimes it's that Holy Spirit check or awareness that yeah. you go, oh, that was prideful. Yeah, why am I thinking that thought? Yes. Yep. Why am I wanting to do that right now? What's motivating this? And it's mm-hmm. it's good self-reflection because sometimes it'll catch you by surprise and you don't even realize that it's in you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because if you go through the card catalog of life, you can go through, oh, my goodness, there's another Oh, there's another one. But it's a beautiful thing to be caught in our pride. Why? Well, because <laughs> God opposes the proud. We you, see that in Scripture. Yeah. He opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble, mm-hmm. which, by the way, means that there's no gray area there. So it's not like, oh, you know, it's just like God just doesn't bless the proud. No, he stiff arms the mm-hmm. proud. He's like, yep. no, you're not coming in here. Yep. It's a pretty powerful thing. Coming up here in a moment, sometimes, you know, the thing that keeps us from humility is... um the stuff that seems so valuable, we just can't set it down. Hmm. I mean, there's just, maybe it's your reputation. Uh, maybe it's the stuff that you have, the stuff that you want. It's a person, it's a place or a thing, and you're clinging on to that. But what if that was that prideful holding on that could actually cost you your life? And God's saying, let it down. Yeah. I got to take you to Alaska, guys. Got to take you to Alaska, downtown Anchorage. The Anchorage Hilton towering over me and my dad. I'm a little guy. And we're going down to do some salmon fishing. We didn't know we were going to save a guy's life. Oh, wow. Hang on. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. 
You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. You know, you have those times in your life when you're just going through life and then all of a sudden you get one of these, whoa, massive learning moments. Oh, yeah. It kind of sticks with you and there's a lesson kind of baked in to what you're seeing and you don't even know it maybe until years later. Yes. Yes. I think I know what you're yeah. talking about. Boy, I had that. Uh, d- let me let me load you up. I got to put you in a big old green aqua green rambler. Oh wow! Rambler <laughs> is a model. It's a make of a car, right? Yeah, and they don't. I don't even think they make that no. color anymore. <laughs> no, well, they don't make the car either. True. I mean, the Rambler's True. long since. Let's find out when the Rambler quit being okay. made. Okay. Okay. And it's a long time ago. That thing rattled like a Jeep. Let me tell you, <laughs> and it was uh, it was a it was a beauty, almost like a station wagon. Are you finding it? Because I'm hearing you key of this thing. Yeah, Yeah, the Rambler. uh, Oh, that's when it was produced. I said, when did it go away? Okay, Google's not answering my question. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll figure that one out. But the Rambler was a great little car, and uh, it was it was a classic school teacher's car. So my dad was school teacher slash principal because he didn't have a lot of money. Okay. So it was a classic school teacher's car. So we loaded up our fishing tackle and fishing rods. And when I went fishing with dad, it was always a great experience, man. Going out with dad. In fact, on the way downtown, we uh, stopped by a place for a cinnamon roll, hot cinnamon roll with butter all over it. Nice. You got it now? Yeah, 1969 was the last year of production. Oh, wow. wow. So guess what? We were driving one right around the last year of production. Yeah. Okay. Ours was used. Okay. Very used. (laughs) Thank you very much. So we're driving downtown, got a hot cinnamon roll, driving downtown, and got down right downtown, and we crossed the bridge on Ship Creek. Now, Ship Creek is a really cool creek. It's teeming with salmon in the summer, and it's wild to go down there. Tourists will go down there because they'll stay at the Hilton, Captain Cook Hotel, all these beautiful hotels Mm -hmm. that cost exorbitant money in the summer. But they'll come out of there, and they'll walk down, and they'll just be fascinated. They'll be like, all these locals down here catching salmon, and they're uh, pick, taking pictures. I mean, it's one of the funniest things to watch. But we were we had just crossed the river, uh, the bridge of, of the river, and parked the car. Now, you got to know something about Ship Creek. Ship Creek has one of the biggest tides in the world, 20-plus uh, feet of swing. So every wow. six hours, uh, 20 feet of water will go out, lowering the river about 20 feet, Mm -hmm. and then six hours later it starts to come back in and it goes to what's called flood stage or high tide. And so you got to be careful. Now what happens in Anchorage is you might think of a river and you're thinking about rocks and you're Mm -hmm. thinking, what would it look like to have a river filled 20 feet higher and then emptied out every six hours? Yeah, It's an odd thing. And I didn't know it because I was a kid and I was raised around Mm -hmm. it. But, man, later in life I'm like, people are looking at this going – where did the water go? And those so are called. So, do you know how do you time it? Do you just know? Well, you know what's so cool about God, Allie? Isn't this amazing? You, you, I could, if I had a tide book here right now, mm-hmm. I could tell you high tide and how high it's going to be twenty years from now. Oh wow, that's crazy! Twenty years from now, this afternoon. That's crazy. Isn't that great? That is. Isn't that great? It's okay. really sweet. I mean, the the consistency of the rising sun and the setting. And then the rising tide and the ebbing, it's just phenomenal. I mean, come on, man. I love that. God's put this thing on amazing clockwork. So we get down there, and we've got a tide book. Okay. And the tide book is saying um, it's near low tide. 
And so by the time we got down there, it was low tide, and we wanted to catch the incoming tide where the salmon are coming in with the tide. Okay. So it's just a little creek flowing out, and the little creek's flowing out, and the tide's beginning to come in, but there's no rocks on the banks. It's just silty mud. It's like a quicksand. It's super dangerous. A lot of lives have been lost around Anchorage because of those. It's called silt. And the silt... You can't even walk in it. It can get so dangerous it'll yeah. suck you in. We've kinda had like quicksand. It's kind of like quicksand. Okay. Super muddy. Um, trying to imagine what it's like. It's like it's gray, and it's it's super goopy. It's really sticky, okay. and it's hard yeah. to get out of. Huh. In okay. fact, we've had a lot of uh, people that have lost their lives. One gentleman, it was a tragic thing. He and his girlfriend were out on the mud flats a little ways away from Ship Creek. And he went out at low tide. He was a military kid, didn't know what was going on, got stuck. Mm. And, um, yeah, he was breathing through a shotgun until the tide filled that up. And wow. they oh. never saw him again. Wow. Very, very dangerous, very traumatic for that young lady, oh. by the way, to see her boyfriend go that way. Sure. So it's a dangerous area. And we're looking down and we're seeing a guy struggle. And I mean, this guy's stepping mm-hmm. and stepping and stepping. With every step, he's getting further down in, and now he can't get out. Well, he's got a tackle box, beautiful tackle box, and a, a fishing rod in each hand. And we're like, hey, hey, you need to come up out of there, man. He says, I'm, I can't. About that time, my dad went into motion. And he grabbed the rope that we had in the back of the Rambler, and he just tossed him down one end of the rope. He said, tie this around your waist. The guy ties it around his waist. My dad gets in the Rambler, and my dad said, uh, lay down, lay down, and he's yelling at him now. And now the tide's rolling in. This took us a while to get him hooked up. Sure. The tide's rolling in, and the guy didn't want to let go of the tackle box and the fishing rod. Hmm. And my dad said, leave it, lay it down. And then you need to lay down. And the reason you need to lay down when you're on silt, if you're ever in Anchorage and you get yourself in this situation, Allie, okay. I just want you to remember this. You lay down because the only way to get out of there is to displace that weight and just throw yourself kind of onto the mud. Now, your whole body won't sink into it because it's displaced weight. Yeah. Only You only sink into it when you got your little piston legs, those little things going up mm-hmm. and down right, in that mud. Right, because you're churning it out from you're under churning you. churning it out from under you. <laughs> so... Uh, and he was hesitant. My dad said, lay down or you're going to die. Pretty quick, the guy sets down his tackle box and his rod. And he lays down. And he gets mud all over him as he lays down. And my dad gently started pulling away with the rambler. And the guy rolled with the rope all the way up the bank to safety. And he was an absolute mess. But he was alive. Hmm. Coming up, I want to tell you who wins and how it relates to the guy I will never know his name who dad helped save from a river. Hang on. Helping you start your day off right, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. Yeah, I took you to Alaska, guys. Got to go there every now and then, little guy. And uh, 
watching guy get saved from drowning. Want to make sure you know about something that's coming up before we get to that story. Thankful for you. It's your opportunity to win a gift from us. Just our way of saying thank you during this Thanksgiving season. Text the word thankful. Five gift cards are going to be given out. Thankful to 312-274-9624. So we pull, pull a guy out of Ship Creek. Uh, he had to lay down in the mud. By the way, his hip boots were left behind. Wow, he came right out of his boots. came right out of his boots. Came right out of his boots. His tackle box, I think somebody was actually trying to cast with a lure down there to Mm -hmm. grab it. They never did. Yeah. And when the tide came in in Ship Creek and rose above that, it was just probably, it wasn't immediate, but it was probably 20 minutes later in the very place where this guy was stuck was now covered in water. Wow. He would have drowned. So we pulled him out of there, but only when he laid down his tackle box, his fishing rod, came out of his boots and laid down on the mud. And you know, there's a spiritual principle in in this that is huge, guys. And I, I just want you to be super clear on this one today. When faced with the opportunity, lay down whatever's holding you back and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, because only those who lay down before him are going to be lifted up by him. I need you to hear me. Only those who lay down before him are going to be lifted up by him. But that's the promise that we have. Humility, as I am wont to say, sound an old English here. <laughs> um, Andrew Murray says it. He says, humility is the one virtue that gives birth to every other virtue. Do you believe I, it? I love that quote. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's very true. Tremendous, man. And it's so true because we see that in our own life, right? I mean, when you humble yourself and you get down in the mud and you kind of go roll around a little bit and go, God, help me, man, everything changes. And the lack of humility is one of the most off-putting characteristics that we that universally repels other people. Yeah, big time. I mean, if you've ever met somebody who was obviously extremely arrogant, it's off-putting to mm. people. We all carry our pride in certain ways, but it's humility is something that's desirable, even if we don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. I want to go back to this guy that we pulled out of the mud and just give you a few principles here that are really important. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. All self-effort that ignores the need for God will ultimately be swamped by the incoming tide of time. And you don't have much time, and there's no time for pride. Man, I've seen this so many times, guys. I, I think of a man that came to me, and he uh, he just pitched his marriage. In fact, I heard of this just the other day from a dear friend who called me. In fact, he said, do you have time to talk? And I said, yeah, what's going on? He, he says, I just need to talk to a brother. He said, my daughter's been married 21 years, and her husband came home. It was a week and a half ago then. Walked in, said, I haven't loved you for six years. I've been having affairs on you like crazy, and I'm out of here. Oh, my goodness. Now, here's what I know, guys. It never ends well for these guys. Hmm. Never. Never. No. You don't hear testimonies from these guys down the road going, hey, I made the best move of my life. Ditched my wife at 21 years. Didn't really love her for six. Never been happier. Never goes that way. No. No. It doesn't. I mean, look at Hollywood. Oh, and look yeah. at the neighbors and you're around you and look at your own life. I mean, so we get examples everywhere. No, and it might be you right now, but I want you to know that. Let me give you another one. People who resist God's help out put themselves in peril. 
Some have been injured, others have perished. All who resist joining God will one day wish they'd humbled themselves. Isn't that true? Yep. Anytime we are resistant to humility, I mean, we can screw up an outing with our kids when we're too humble to admit we're wrong. Too arrogant to admit. Too too arrogant to admit we're wrong. I mean, we can screw up awesome opportunities. And humility, I mean, a lot of times you... you think of the opposite of that as arrogance in a way that's demonstrative and the person who's already always has their chest puffed out and uh, brags, but it it can be much more subtle than that, but no less destructive. I'll tell you what, you want to be a winner, get humble today. Let me give you a few passages. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Humble yourselves before God, and he will exalt you. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God, Micah 6, Mm. 8. They made a song about that one. Yep. So I just want to ask you today, because I wouldn't, I'd be remiss. We'd miss it if we miss this opportunity. I know it's early. I know it's the bottom of the five o'clock hour right now, but I just want to ask you, where is God asking you to humble yourself today? I had it yesterday. I was driving down the Kennedy inbound and the Lord just said, humble yourself, Carl. Hmm. You know, what's amazing. God never disappoints. Yeah. When you humble yourself under his mighty hand, he changes everything in an instant. Everything. Yeah, he really does. And so I just want to invite you today into humility. Right now, that's it. Just invite you into humility. And we'll be talking about it all morning here. By the way, if you ever wanted to get the, the, the show here, uh, we often don't tell the 5 o'clock crowd this, but we want to tell you today, just text the word SHOW to 312 just text the word show to our number here. And what we do is we take things like the story that I just shared from Alaska and different core truths that we've hit throughout the day. And we just put that all together in one little show. So just text the word show to 312-274-9624. Just text the word show. It's like coffee, but for your ears, you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Hey, it's Carlin Crew Mornings helping you take your next step with Jesus. We're talking the secret sauce today, humility. The humble win. The humble win. That's right on, Allie. All right, speaking of winning, boy, we got something for you. You want to win the Get Equipped with Chris Brooks giveaway? This is kind of a monster gift pack. When I saw this come down and the list of the prizes Wow, new MacBook Air laptop, gift card to Masterclass, a Logos Bible software digital gift card, a one-volume seminary, and then a T-shirt thrown in just for good measure. That's the grand prize winner. And then there's some uh, runner-up packages and 50 additional runner. There's going to be 76 total winners for this one, including the grand prize. Hold it, really? Yeah, so there's going to be great prizes for 25 runners-up and then 50 additional runners-up. So this is going to be awesome. This so is a big deal. This is a big deal. So this is the Get Equipped with Chris Brooks giveaway. Just text the word Brooks to 312-274-9624. Just text the word Brooks. Okay, coming up, we've got a, a phenomenal guy with us here. He's written a great little book, one of the best covers we've ever seen. You ever heard somebody say, hey, get over yourself? 
in their teenage voice. Get over yourself. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> but sometimes the Holy Spirit says that. It may be a less teenage yeah. voice. <laughs> Still uh, true principle, though. Dean and Sarah of Getting Over Yourself, It All Fits with Humility, today on Garland Crew Mornings. Don't miss out on all the fun. Keep up with Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K. Well, we got a guy here today, Boom Crew, who's going to mix it up in a big way. The title of the book, Getting Over Yourself. Dean and Sarah is with them. Let's give them a proper intro, Allie. Dean is the founder and lead pastor of City Church in his hometown of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, His books include The Unsaved Christian, Without a Doubt, and the one we're featuring today, Getting Over Yourself. Trading Believe in Yourself Religion for Christ-Centered Christianity. It's weird, Dean. Oh, by the way, welcome. Good to have you with us in Chicago, my man. Thank you. Hey, Grace. It's awesome to be with you all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really weird because the promises of God, I mean, you listen to C.S. Lewis and he says, if you consider the promises of God, the unblushing promises of God, I'm doing a loose quote here. He says, it would seem that we settle for too pitiful little. And it's weird because you're right. We've got this weird prosperity doctrine out there that's telling us to focus on ourselves, and yet we do settle for too little. How do how do those things come together, Dean? Well, how it comes together is we are believing the hype that the world is what we should still be pursuing, yet we're sprinkling that pursuit with some God faith Bible language on top of it to help us feel like it's Christian. Uh, so why we're settling for too little is we're settling for things that are temporary. Ah, that's good uh, so what's happening it. in this, yeah, what's happening in this new prosperity gospel is that we are making, really following Jesus, more about us pursuing our dreams and he being our life coach, uh, rather than Jesus actually being the dream and he being the greatest blessing that there is in all of existence. Mm. Now, Dean, is this new? You said it's the new prosperity gospel. Is this different from what's kind of always been the risk? What do you see in it that's new? Yeah, it's a newbie. The old prosperity gospel is, is your classic, you know, call this number at the bottom of the screen or have enough faith and you'll have uh, your disease healed, you'll be taken out of debt, you know, something along those lines. The new prosperity gospel isn't as fringe as that or even as weird or strange in people's eyes. It's very cool, very savvy, very hip, very trendy. And what it says is that basically God exists to make you happy to help you discover the potential inside of you that just needs to get unlocked so you can reach your destiny mm. and pursue your God-sized dreams. And what's troubling about that, and it's definitely new because Instagram and social media fueled it, uh, what's troubling about that is that message only works for a Western American affluent culture. It doesn't make sense for believers in different parts of the world uh, who don't have the opportunity to go pursue God-sized dreams in the context of the things of this world. Hmm. Yeah, but Dean, what's interesting, and your book kind of expounds on this, it doesn't work for us either because we go following our dreams with we think fueled by God, and we run into a pick-and-brick wall because our dreams never end as well as we think they will. Yeah, absolutely right. And I'm concerned that we have a faith crisis coming for people because this is still the first generation of the full-blown messaging of this uh, new prosperity gospel. So I'm worried a faith crisis is coming for people that have, hold, that have held God to promises they never actually made. That they're going to be disappointed with God when they don't land that perfect job or have the perfect family or live in the amazing city, uh, whatever it might be. And also, I think another big thing that's coming is a suffering from what I just call chronic discontentment where nothing is ever enough, nothing is ever satisfying. There always has to be more out there because the messaging continues to push you towards that understanding. 
We have Dean and Sarah with us, founder and lead pastor of City Church, author of a book, Getting Over Yourself, Trading Believe in Yourself Religion for Christ-Centered Christianity. Coming up this question, we've established the problem. How do we discern and combat popular theology and make sure we hold a biblical theology? Go back and listen to your favorite episodes with the Carlin Crew Showcast. Just text SHOW to 312-274-9624. Our guest, Dean and Sarah, right now, author of the book, Getting Over Yourself, Trading Believe in Yourself Religion for Christ-Centered Christianity. So, Dean, we've established that the new prosperity gospel is a danger to the church today. How can we be equipped to spot it, call it out, and believe differently. I think we need to have discerning hearts and discerning minds, and not in a way where we're nitpicky and tearing everything apart, not that, but just in that we have an expectation that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the center of every messaging we have that comes from the local church. Uh, so we need to make sure that our pastors, we're not a part of churches, no matter how great the experience is and how amazing the music is and all those kind of things, that we're not going to churches where the pastor is basically giving us a self-help message in the form of a TED Talk uh, that's helping us just feel good about ourselves. I want to leave church on Sunday feeling great about Jesus and feeling great about my identity in him and who he has made me, not in some secular uh, dream to go pursue uh, that has God's endorsement on it. So I just think we have to be really careful uh, that we can get sucked in so easily that the messaging really is about Christ. And the application for me is now how I live for Christ based on the scriptures, not on some cultural understanding of uh, pursuing the win. Nadine, are you against social media and the use of these? kind of platforms to uh, promote what a church is doing? Oh, I love it. I love social media. I use Twitter. I use Instagram. Our church does. I think all those things. Oh, Let's let people know. Let's let let people know what's going on and let's get the gospel in front of them and the local church message in front of them. Let's just not use it uh, to pretend like uh, we're about Jesus when really we're about ourselves, kind of a dramatic background of some like, you know, standing over looking at the water with some out of context Bible verse or, you know, something (laughs) about that. Uh, I I just, I hope people use social media. These are for God's glory. Or use it for his mission. Also, use it for fun. I want people to be able to enjoy themselves and, and live and live a life that has joy. But let's just not make it so self-centered that's trying to push our perceived greatness out into the world. Dean and Sarah with us right now. Getting over yourself is the name of the book. Trading believe in yourself religion for Christ-centered Christianity. This is spot on. Here's a crazy conundrum. Why are preachers dishing up basically glorified TED Talks when that comes so far short of really dishing up the gospel and uh, all of the amazing spiritual anecdotes that we find being filled with the Holy Spirit? Why are we settling for less? I think because it works from just a pragmatic sense. Now, we see that uh, a lot of very progressive, and by progressive, I mean theologically, not politically, uh, churches are declining and dying. But the new prosperity gospel preach, uh, churches aren't uh, because they're not preaching a heresy. They're not preaching, they're not denying essential doctrines of the faith uh, like some of the ultra progressive theological churches would. Instead, they're just allowing you to have enough Jesus to be associated with, but not so much where you're personally inconvenienced. So they're not going to take hard stances on matters. They're not going to know what they believe on a, a lot of hotbed issues. They're not going to take the scriptures any more than the surface. So it's easy and it works. It's a really low cost of entry, a big, huge, wide open door, which I'm all about. Let's reach as many people as possible and welcome as many people into the door as possible. But once they get in, let's actually give them the scriptures. Let's give them Jesus and not a TED Talk that is about this world with little Jesus on top. To someone listening who goes, yeah, I've been going to church for the purpose of what I can get rather than who I can know, 
How do they make that shift? Well, stop seeing church as an experience. I just, that's one of my pet peeves. I'm not trying to be nitpicky. When people see come to this experience and see church as that, I worry for folks that they, if they had to move out of a city that had these really like large, big music, and I love those kind of churches. And I love that, that side of things. That's my preferred style. But if they had to move to a small town tomorrow uh, where because of family issues or maybe a job transfer that didn't have some dynamic, by dynamic, I mean with all the stuff, you know, kind of church, that they wouldn't be able to survive because their church experience is to- so tied to that and experience. Yeah, you're what right about I that. What can I be a part of rather than what can, rather, what can I get at rather than what can I be a part of? So I want people to see church something they can be a part of rather than just an event they can attend. Like, how can I be a part of this church? How can I serve and, and, be, and be a missionary for this church in my community and beyond? So that mindset shift from how can I be served, how can I have an experience, to how can I be a part of this, part of this community. Guys, it's good read, Boom Crew. You're going to want to get a copy. It's called Getting Over Yourself. The cover alone is worth the purchase. <laughs> it's great. The cover alone is worth the purchase. Check it out, moodypublishers.com. That's moodypublishers.com. Dean, thanks for being with us today, my man. Absolutely. From Tallahassee, Florida, home of Chicago Cubs manager David Roth. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. To There's throw a Chicago that in there. connection. <laughs> Thanks go for Cubby. being with us. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, when you think about winning, the I don't care what you're in. If you're in a sports team you're in a crafts thing you're at the state fair in alaska speaking of state fair in alaska man i miss that thing it's so okie dokie oh yeah i don't know state fairs always are oh the alaskan state fair is the most are they all oh yeah oh yes no no this is like major okie dokie like people walk around with uh, turkey legs yes like we're cavemen yep deep fried everything Mm -hmm. right deep fried twinkies deep fried oreos yeah, that stuff's, yeah. that stuff's really good for you. Mm-hmm. See what it, it did to my hair? Yeah. It, my hair used to be dark brown. Mm. And then you Bright went red. to the state fair. Went to the state fair. Had myself a deep fried Twinkie. I've wow. never been the same since. Look at that. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, no, it's crazy. But uh, you even go to a state fair, really funny. You watch the intensity of people who want to win. Ready for this? The cabbage contest. What is the cabbage? Is it like the biggest cabbage? Well, we grow humongous vegetables in Alaska. Uh, Google oh. something for me. Okay. Because there's, um, uh, what's, I think the world record, is it cabbage? It ain't pumpkin. I think it's cabbage. It's grown in It's grown in the Matanuska Susitna Valley, which is where I mush dogs and all that hmm. stuff. Yeah, in Palmer, Alaska. Palmer, yeah, man. Palmer moose, moose was, droppings. We used to throw moose turds <laughs> at the opposition team because we were at Wasilla High. Wait, moose yeah. turds? Yeah, but they're dry. They're not, the, you know, moose aren't carn- carnivores. So. I mean, it's jewelry. It's jewelry in Alaska. So, so we chuck them out so onto the gonna, court. We're going to all pretend that that makes it better to throw poop at That's people. really funny. I love that. <laughs> you keep doing it. But it's dry and it's made hey, into jewelry. So, I mean, hey, you know. come on, Allie. This, You'd have loved it. You know, when if we ever go to Alaska as a team, Go up there for something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do a Carlin Cruise. Carlin Crew Cruise. Okay. The Inside Passage stop in Anchorage. Yes. I take you guys out to the valley and we have a big old droppings fight. Okay. Uh, I'll do it. If you take me to Alaska, you would do it in a heartbeat. If I have a paid trip to Alaska, I'll have a, a moose poop like, fight with you any day. Yeah. <laughs> this cabbage is 138 pounds. 
Is it by Dinkle? Is that the guy that grew it? Is that uh, his name? No, this one is Scott A. Rob, but it is from the Alaska State Fair. So this was what you guys did. Yeah. Check out Dinkle. Okay. Dinkle, last name Dinkle Cabbage. Do a Google search on that. I think uh, the Dinkle family, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think the Dinkle family used to grow some big boys. But the the record up there was what? Was like 130 something? 138 and a quarter. I mean, those things are so huge. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. The What's Dinkle it? family did, did uh, <laughs> yeah, Keevan Dinkle. Keevan Dinkle. The <laughs> dude is a grower. But I, here's I my point. I don't even know what to say about this. Well, no, no. I mean, when you're growing vegetables in Alaska, you've got these growing periods that are amazing. Okay. Because you got the sun up around the clock. Not around the clock, but it barely sets. So you got sure. these growing seasons. It's just like you're in this greenhouse. Yeah. And the soil's so fertile. Plus, they're probably nuking it with, like, you know, vegetable steroids or something. How do we huh. start talking about cabbage? Well, what, we're going to get there. Oh, okay. I'm, I know exactly where I'm at. You got the crumbs on? I am okay. on it. Okay, baby. good. Good. So here's the deal. If you walk around any kind of a state fair, you'll notice little dynamics playing out. Like mm. when the cows are being judged and uh. when the cabbage is getting weighed. And, you know, I've, I've even seen things like, hey, you got a little bit of dirt on the bottom of that cabbage. Can't we weigh in that dirt? That's the competitors. Really? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, no. But here's the point. Everyone wants to win. Everyone, it's true. I don't care what you're picking doing. Yeah, you're right. Especially for your Johnny. Or your Sally. Oh, man. Did you hear about the, uh, this was a big story in the sports community not too terribly long ago, but professional fishers, uh, fishermen, they were cutting open their fish and putting lead weights inside of them. I saw the video. (laughs) Yeah. Not only lead weights, they were cramming other fish fillets. Yes, inside to. Cramming them down the gullet of fish. To buff up their weight. Now they found out. Those dirty rottens, probably yeah. for three, four years, have been getting a ten thousand dollar prize annually. Right, because they've with been weighted fish, defending champions for a long time. I should go to prison. So people <laughs> will go to great lengths, yeah, to win or to have the appearance of being a winner. And so the question that we've got to ask is because we got to reorient. What if we're aimed at the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. And as Christ followers, we can be aimed at the wrong thing all the time. It's so easy to do. And and listen, I'm not above this boom crew. I have to do reorientation constantly back to where is my life aimed? But I think if we could define what a winner is really spiritually, then we can begin to mine on, all right, what are the attributes of a spiritual winner? Yeah. These are good things to talk about, guys. So all I'm asking you to do is don't go up against the Dinkles in Alaska. (laughs) Please. Don't don't you dare go up against the Dinkle family. Dinkles or dinkles? <laughs> you got to let the dinkles be the dinkles. That's right. Don't go grow cabbages up there. Except for Rob. I know he took them. Boy, the dinkles. Yeah. When they were taken down by Rob, that actually was a big thing. About and, four by 46 pounds yeah. took them down. That's a, it's a big cabbage. 46-pound cabbage is a big cabbage. That's the difference. I want a lettuce test on that, like a blood test. Uh-huh. I think there's bad stuff in Probably. that. There's lead weights stuffed in that cabbage. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yes. If the root system of the cabbage is a big old lead ball. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Big old 50-pound lead ball. <laughs> Put them over the top. That's good. All right, guys, we are talking about who wins today, having a little bit of fun getting there. But uh, bottom line, guys, listen, hear my heart right now. We 
If your joy rises and falls on who got elected, oh, my word, you're to be pitied. And I've been there. Oh, come on. We all know what it's like. Whether it's an election or a kid's sporting event. Oh, my word. Or any number of things that you get competitive about and you find yourself, why do I feel this way? I mean, yeah. What is ti- what in my heart is tied to uh, this outcome oh, that's t- causing me to feel hopelessness, despair? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, in fact, I'm going to tell on myself here coming up in a second. Well, that's always fun. Oh, oh thanks, Sally. <laughs> coming up here in a moment, I'm going to tell you about here because this is the worst when it's a genuine injustice mm-hmm. and you lost. I'm getting charged up again just thinking about it. <laughs> like, and this down. was this was 18 years oh, wow. ago. Oh wow! <laughs> it was played out on the hardwood in regionals. Oh no! In Alaska, right down the road from the Dinkles, <laughs> in their cabbage. You know, we all want to win at something, and some people say, "Well, I'm not really competitive." That's not. <laughs> that's see, Allie's jumping on this oh. one. That's just not true. It's not true. You, we're all competitive at some level. That's fair. I mean, just does does no one go to the grocery store and look for the shortest line to calculate how am I going to get out of here? Totally. Uh-huh. You want to win. You or check when the there's traffic app, two drive-through lanes. Oh man, don't even get me started on two drive-through lanes. Well, you got to calculate that. T- does that car have? Oh my word, that car has ten children in it. Yeah, I ain't sitting behind that I one. I ain't getting behind that one. You ever been in a parking lot and two people spot the same open space at oh, the yeah, same man, time? It's horrible. like jockeying position. I saw it first. No, I saw it first. This is crazy. So you want to win. And and frankly, you can tell when you're aimed at the wrong stuff by the reaction when you don't. Very true. I got to take you to Alaska. Basketball regionals. Ooh, my favorite sport. My, t- my son was on a team that the year before they won the state championship with guys that went on to play for like Tubby Smith at Kentucky. My son was on a phenomenal team. In fact, that's part of the problem with what happened at regionals. Mm. Mm. Still ticked off. Might have to make a phone call here. Just, <laughs> I'll be back. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Guys, you want some great stories of encouragement? You're sitting there at night and you're going, man, I need a shot of encouragement. Have I got a link for you? Allie does these snapshot testimonies, and so you get these little snippets. I don't know, what are they, 45 seconds? No, oh, no, these the full podcast. No, I mean the, the ones that we hear. The one that you hear on air is 45 seconds. Okay, so yeah, we get 45, but you expand those bad boys out, and you get this full flavor. Sometimes music artists, sometimes boom crewers, and all people of all walks of life. But you get some real encouraging stuff. Because Allie interviews these folks and these podcasts um, are rich. So I want you to check them out. Text word SNAP. SNAP to 312-274-9624. Just text word SNAP to 312-274-9624. See, I wish Snapshot Testimony would have been around here about 18 years ago. Uh, Why is that? Might you have been a good guest for my podcast? No. Oh. But I, I, it would have, it would have been a source of encouragement for me <laughs> okay. when I was. Tell us what happened. Troubled one evening, and <laughs> and the backstory is this: 
Chuck White was my son's coach in high school. Now, Chuck White, in Alaska, you might say basketball in Alaska. Come on. Do you know that the highest amount of NBA players per capita have come out of Alaska? Really? I think a lot of that's due to the fact that there's a lot of gym time because mm -hmm. there's a lot of gym ratting going on in Alaska. Just a lot. Gym rat means people just hang out at the gyms. Mm. Uh, coach White, I'm getting choked up thinking about this because I love this guy. He's, he's passed away. I don't know if he ever gave his life to Jesus, but boy, did I. I poured it on. And he was an intimidating figure because he was a three-sport recruit out of college to pros. He was an athlete like himself, but he was an amazing coach. He won EA Sports Coach of the Year oh, wow. for all high school basketball coaches in the United States. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When uh, Odin won uh, High School Player of the Year mm -hmm. back in the day. So it's a big deal. EA Sports Awards are big deals. But this is because he's, he won like 900 and some games in his high school coaching career. So he's a great coach, which brings a problem. Because sometimes in human nature, people, including referees, can kind of get bent inside. Oh, yeah. A lot of calls, and, and look, I understand, and I've searched my heart on this one, a lot of things that you look at in sports, you're just... You're just judging it based on Homer stuff. I've sat next to guys going, that ain't pass interference. And I'm going, dude, that's pass interference. <laughs> well, yep. Right. I mean, depending on. on who you're cheering for. You can see that's things. That's how you feel about the call. That's exactly right. This was so blatant. I had, after the game, a dad or two come up to me after the game going, that was, that was ripped off from West High School. So my son is on this team filled with unbelievable athletes. Now, they squandered some of, they, they mailed it in a little bit, so it got close down the wire. But we had a series of calls from one referee that at one point he gleefully grinned coming back down the court at Coach White. Mm. Gleefully grinned, like I'll say who's going to state. This guy's calls, and my son was the brunt of two of them. And... They were so blatant. And here I am, pastor of a church of 5,000 people. Uh-oh. And I'm wanting to call in the hit squad on this guy. <laughs> no, I'm serious, I guys. Believe I believe you. I believe you. I mean, I was hot. Yeah. I get intense a lot just because mm -hmm. the way I'm wired. But when I get hot, it can be ugly. And I was hot. And... It was a spiritual moment for me. And by the way, the, my measure for whether or not I'm justified in being hot is my pretty even keeled bride. And she's like, this was a ripoff. Mm. And I walked away from that game. Thankful I didn't do a couple of things that were going through my head. Yeah. That you see on YouTube clips. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it, I, I got to tell you, it. I remember driving down the road the next day, still hot. Now our son's team has been bounced from regionals and bounced from state. He's done. His senior year is over. Hmm. And I remember thinking, hold on here. It revealed a couple of things to me. We all want to win, especially if we've got emotional 
familial skin in the game, right? Yes. Yeah. And yet we've got to ask the question in life as Christ followers, who wins? And here's why. What this does is it reorients us to a whole new true North Star. Yes. It just, it does, it doesn't make that injustice any better. Or the loss sting any less. No, but it gets our head in the right space. The reason we have reader boards all across Chicagoland that say don't go after aggressive drivers is you got guys wanting to win the the one car length in front of you. I know, you've yelled at them, idiot. I get that. And they are idiots. Don't be an idiot, by the way. (laughs) But the fact is, guys, when we're faced with stuff like this, we've got to stop and we got to gather ourselves. When you look at November 8th, and you're, I don't know who you voted for, but, and by the way, this thing cut across every line, right? So whoever you voted for and they didn't get in, or whoever you wanted nationally, or whatever wave you were looking for, blue or red or whatever, pink, the, the fact is, guys, as Christ followers, we have an opportunity to orient our lives around a brand new North Star, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. So the question is, we open the book and we go, oh, this guy wins. This gal wins. And coming up in a moment, we're going to tell you who wins. Today, there is one posture that we got to take. In fact, in order to tell this rightly, I got to take you back to Alaska here, Allie. Again? Again. Okay. And we're not on the hardwood, thank the Lord, or else I'm going to get hot before (laughs) it's all over here. Okay, so we're talking about who in the world wins here all week long, and that's because there's so much around this whole uh, November 8th election, and it can create a lot of inside us, right? Oh, yeah. And it's because we all want to win at some level. And I I took you back to Alaska. I mean, it's a funny thing. I got to go back to the State Fair real quick. So- it's, it's a funny thing to, to walk around a state fair because there's always competitions, right? Cakes. And, yes. Uh, I mean, the 4-H thingy. The animal, the animal ones. Yeah, dress sewing. You know, oh, yeah. animal things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite understand all of that, but yes. But no matter what little niche you're in, man, you can get really involved in this thing emotionally. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's, there's competitive everything. I didn't realize how pickleball had become such a thing. Really has. I have got to play pickleball. It's a lot of fun. My son is in, like, in Miami. He's, like, in pickleball leagues. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere. All, all, all of a sudden, this PE sport kind of exploded, and maybe it has for a while. So if you're a pickleball guy or gal, and this has been around forever, man, I'm just hearing about it. Yeah. It's really great. I mean, pickleball. Is it worth playing? Somebody text us. I need to know from the pros. The boom crew will tell us. Is pickleball worth a hoot? 312-274-9624. Have neither of you played pickleball? No. In P.E.? It's hold it, really hold fun. It, hold it. In P.E.? Yeah. You played pickleball in P.E.? Oh, yeah. I thought they just invented pickleball. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Oh, it's been around a while? Uh, it is It is really fun, though. You should yeah, try it. Yeah, I mean. Well, it must have just been recently been popularized big I'm time. Not, right? yes. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, we were making it sound like they just invented it. It's been around for ages. If you played it in PE, <laughs> she's got an antique Ouch. racket, folks. Ouch. She's got an antique Ouch. racket. It's true. First, she's not an antique. First played in 1965. Wow, Carl. Pickleball. 
I don't know about that. I don't know either. See how intense. In 1965, by three guys. It's made a resurgence. Came up with the sport. Oh, boy. We've got an all caps. Pickleball is the best. All caps. They're yelling at us here. They're not wrong messaging. either. That's good stuff. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we're talking about winning, and it's just funny how, and, and a state fair is a great example for this, because yes. you walk around, and it, everywhere you go, I got a buddy who's a horseshoer wrought iron dude in Alaska, so he does wrought iron art. He builds custom wrought iron um, uh, handles for the most custom cabinetry, Oh, because wow. uh, he'll have families that ask him to build these um, cool, so they heat up this black iron and they turn it into little teeny handles. Mm. And he's got to have screws that go through these cabinets. But custom handles where everyone's similar, but Mm -hmm. they're all unique. Oh, Oh, yeah. These handles will cost like 20 bucks a handle. But he goes and builds these things, right? But there's wrought iron competition. And my buddy Mark Couch has been in them. That's awesome. I can walk up. One of the. One of the real problems with guys like me, and I'll make a confession here. I can I I I went to one of Allie's kids' games, and in 40 seconds. <laughs> that was so much fun. I am so vested in this thing. <laughs> I am I am so all in. Seventh grade girls basketball. I'm about ready to come off the bench and tell folks what's going on here. That's fun. Isn't that hilarious? Oh, that was fun. But you get, it's funny how that works. So we, the premise here is, look, we all want to win. Coming here, coming up here, I want to take you to Alaska. I want to take you to Ship Creek. You've never been to Ship Creek. I'm going to try to take you there. 20 foot plus tides, meaning that the, the creek will rise and fall by 20 feet every six hours. I know that sounds almost impossible. It's right on the bay, right on Cook Inlet in downtown Anchorage. And one day driving downtown with, unbeknownst to me, we were going to park our Rambler, me and dad, get out our fishing rods and fish in Ship Creek, only to find out we had to save a life. And boy, Mm -hmm. does it relate to who wins spiritually. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. It's Snapshot Testimony. Yeah. Somebody just texted me here. Oh. Could you tell me Allie's podcast name, please? It's Snapshot Testimony. And the yes. way you get it, and by the way, she interviews artists, boom crew members, people that she feels like, man, they got a story to tell. So just text the word SNAP to 312-274-9624. You get a link to her podcast. Just text the word SNAP to 312-274-9624. Um, by the way, I'm going to do a banner ad here for something that is really important. We don't have many seats left. I think like 80 or something like that, um, to fill an auditorium. I can't wait. There's nothing like an auditorium full of boom crewers, but we're going to be out at great. I'm going to be out at Grace Point with some, uh, Andrew Wilson's going to be out there and some other moody folks. I think we're going to have a great time guys this Saturday morning. Here's the, here's the gig. Here's the gig. I'm going to be dishing it up. Speaking at 10 a.m., there's a breakfast feed that happens at 8.30 a.m. There's no cost for this event. They would love you to throw some shekels toward the kids from student ministries at Grace Point that are raising money for a missions trip. But I would 
love to have you out there. 10 a.m., I'm going to be dishing it up for about 40 minutes, talking about what it is, how it is we walk in God's power, not by self-help. Everything's ramping toward the new year, right? Oh, I yeah. I mean, yeah. it's coming, and resolutions are coming. So I am, I'm fired up about this. We're also going to have a Q&A, and I'm going to go rapid fire as many questions as I can possibly handle, and then I'm going to do a book signing, and I'm going to be there as long as I need to be there. And we're just going to have fun, man. It's going to be a fun event. I would love to see you there. Let We're going to have to cap this probably sometime. I don't know when. Maybe tomorrow. We can't mention it anymore. But if you want to get out there, you got some time on Saturday morning. 8.30 is Pancake Feed. 10 a.m. is uh, when I start speaking. And then I'll do some Q&A and some book signing. I've uh, got some day planners that I'm going to have with me that I custom made for the book, The Seven Resolutions. I'm fired up about this, Allie. I think it's going to be a great event. So if you are in the western suburbs or you can get to Naperville, just text the word ALIVE. We can get you signed up so that you can grab a seat ALIVE to 312-274-9624. Okay, uh, we don't have a lot of calls. What's going on here? Uh, people aren't wanting to talk about how God humbled them this morning. Come on, it's a hot topic. Yeah, it is a hot topic. Don't you want to talk about how you were filled with pride, God humbled you, and he it was the best move ever? Yeah, I've got a story. Oh, you ready to share it? Uh, yeah. I, it's going to make me cringe a little bit while I'm talking. And, well, hold on. Yeah, You just brace yourself there. Okay. We'll get Jonathan's story straight in. Do you need water? No, I'm good. You need some protein in you to make it through the story? Uh, you know what? I've got my breakfast right next to me, so I'll take a bite of that. You got a Jimmy Dean there? Is that what you got? No, no. It's, uh, it's something different. It's homemade this time. You know, you know how Young Thunder's the happiest guy? Like a pig in poo-poo, let me (laughs) tell you. Like a pig in a big old pigsty. Young Thunder. (laughs) There is never a bigger satisfied, just this little grin on his face when he's standing in the kitchen. It's true. Looking in the refrigerator. Ready for ready to find out what's it's, what's Jonathan going to eat today. It's amazing you're as fit as you are because you go grazing all the time, I do. dude. I love to graze. He's <laughs> in there grazing. That's... By the way, if you work here and you come in later and you wonder where your stuff is, it's down it Young Thunder's gullet. It's just, it's your, par- your parents ever say, this, you're, you must be growing. He's a growing boy. Oh, yeah, that's he's what a, he is. He's a growing Been young man. Growing since 13. He's a growing young man. He still might gr- get a couple inches taller. <laughs> you're still fit, man. Thank you. That's because you're a runner, dude. I like to run. Yeah. Running's good. You want to keep running. If you keep grazing, <laughs> keep running. <laughs> Don't stop running. <laughs> Don't stop running. Okay, oh, we're taking your calls right now. It's a tough topic. but we're asking uh, you, did... You humble yourself, or maybe God humbled you. There was an opportunity to be prideful. Maybe you went went for it, and God had to check you. We want to hear that story. 312-274-9624. Okay, coming up, Young Thunder. He's getting some protein in him, some Jimmy Dean sausage. He might even go graze. You going to go graze? I'm going to graze. Okay, he's going to go graze. He's going to get ready because he's sharing how God, on a serious note, humbled him. And it can be a really powerful thing, guys. Winners are humble people. You know, we're sitting here talking about who wins this week, and today we're talking about humility. There's something about ruminating on the cross that can be so good for us. Oh, yeah. To keep us humble. I mean, genuinely just going, man, God, I need you. This has got to be about you, not about me. And the promise in Scripture is that if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift us up. What a great promise, man. Who doesn't want to be lifted up by God? 
Yeah. I'm signing up. I mean, me oh, too. I, yeah, I mean, I... I didn't know if that was rhetorical or. <laughs> I looked over at Allie and I'm thinking maybe I, she doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think that that answers itself. Yeah, it kind of does. So we're asking you, how did God have to humble you? And you're willing to share the story. 312-274-9624. What do you say, my man? Yeah, for me, uh, I was humbled when uh, we moved into our new place, my wife and I. And I had like a week straight of like building a piece of furniture every night. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Those days. And you went to, you went to Ikea. Yeah. Right. And so I get everything in pieces. And, you know, as you're building these things, sometimes it can be a little stressful. And so I was building the bed and I moved the bed just out of kind of like some frustration in haste and kind of messed something up on it. And then. I got a little short with my bride uh, out of my stress Mm. and she is very gracious to me because she has this thing when I get a little short or I'm a little stressed where she says, why don't you go take a walk? Just go take a walk for a minute. And so (laughs) I went off. Did that make you more? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to walk. It would be. Yeah. When you're angry, you're like, I don't want to, but tell me to go take a walk. You take a walk. (laughs) But then when you actually do, and I did, uh, I went and I I took a little walk. I got separated for a segment for a, for a second. And, uh, and I had a moment with God and I was like, all right, God, show me something here. And he was like, yeah, Jonathan, you're upset. All of that was your fault. It was like, you own that, that situation. And I was like, oh man, I really do need to own that whole situation. So I got back up and I was able to go to my wife and say, hey, you know what? That was all on me and I'm I'm sorry about that. And that was a really great thing for just reconciliation and our relationship, you know, being able to continue in a healthy relationship was that in first I was stressed and I was angry and I was prideful, but God said, hey, you need to calm down. You're the one who caused this situation. And... So, yeah, that was uh, that was a good moment for me. Those are always great moments. They are. They're Man, really good moments. That threshold of owning it, though. And some people say, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard the Lord speak to me. Go for a walk. Yeah, go for a walk. <laughs> You'll hear those walks, man. You can hear from the Lord. Take the earbuds out. Mm-hmm. Don't go on Twitter. Just go for a walk. You'll hear his voice. Good story, dude. Thanks. Good man. Okay, coming up, we've got calls coming in here. What happens when you look at someone and you think that they are the problem? (laughs) And then you realize, ruh-roh. Maybe the problem is me. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. All right, Joe, first time caller, you got a story about how God humbled you? Oh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, actually, what happened, and it just happened about a week ago, I um, was, I was going to a Bible study uh, every Thursday with a bunch of guys, and um Later that afternoon, I was talking to someone who wasn't at the Bible study, 
and I said something about one of the guys in the Bible study that was not complimentary. And uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, it's it's out there. It, I did it. It's, you know, I can't take it back, you know, and um, so later on, I, I, I was asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I know I slandered this man. I, I'm really sorry. I really didn't mean to do that. And he gave me a psalm and he gave me Psalm 52 and in there, it's like, I, I'm really paraphrasing, so I apologize. Oh, you go for it, he, man. But he, uh, the Lord says in there, and he's talking about a slanderer. He goes, I will wrench you from the earth. And I went, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh. You're about to get an early rapture here, man. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, I, if you read scriptures about slander, he really does hate slander. Yeah, he does. Uh, and, and, um, I was like, I am in deep, you know, and I, 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 I just kept apologizing. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I know I messed up. I, please forgive me. I, I don't know what to do, you know? And there's been times with me where God's not in a hurry to wrap things up. You know, he wants me to ponder this, you know. And, he wants me to ponder. Uh, this is one of the best calls ever. He wants me to ponder this. It's true, isn't it, Joe? It's terrible. I, I, I mean, not that God's terrible. Don't miss No, 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 no. no. Really yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good but, slander there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought about it. And so I, I have to see this gentleman today. And um, so I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I'm going to approach him. I'm not going to say what I did, but I am going to ask him. He had been trying to say something to me and I wasn't understanding what he was trying to say at all. And I think I'm just going to go back and go, look, you know, I, when you were talking to me, I missed what you were trying to communicate to me. And I want to understand what you're saying. And I think that would be a way of humbling myself to him and saying, hey, I want to hear what you wanted to say. Yeah. And you know what, Joe, first time caller, by the way, boom, brother, love you. First time callers. You know, I want to encourage you to even tell him, I don't think you needed to get into details, but I think even telling him, you know what, bro, I was talking to another guy and I put you down. There was no reason for it whatsoever. And would you forgive me? You might be amazed how far they'll go too. And then go back to that guy that you slandered him to and go, you know what? 
I was I was playing the fool. Just uh, I need to own that. There's something about owning, confessing that is powerful. But Joe, let me tell you something. You're a winner. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Carl and Cruz, thankful for you, is back. This is our opportunity. We've done this a couple uh, times in November where we give you some gift cards. Just our way of saying thank you. Want to make sure that you don't miss this because it's your opportunity just to get a free gift even before the Christmas season starts. Text the word thankful. We'll get you signed up. One entry is all you need. Thankful to 312-274-9624. Yeah, coming up, uh, Dean and Sarah is going to be with us. We're talking about getting your head out of the sand here. over yourself. That's the name of the book. Yeah, and it's <laughs> uh, it's good because here's here's why. If we want to be winners, real spiritual winners, we're f- focusing on humility today. Sometimes we need to lift ourselves up beyond ourselves. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.